0: 899 KMOJ FM and KMOJ HD1 Minneapolis St. Paul.
1: Bringing unity to the community. 899 KMOJ, the People's Station.
2: That lost the yellow. Oh, she about to go show on tonight.
3: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey, Tamiko, the fabulous one, and Thomas Berry, from Southside finest. South Did I get it right? Southside finest. You got yes.
4: it right.
3: <laughs> we got a new intro for you, so it's gonna be ready for y'all. Producer, gonna I, get it together I, for I you. I lost the intro. Walter <laughs> Q. Bear Banks is in the building. Q. Man. <laughs> that's right. That's right.
0: That's right. What up, dog? What good up, dog? Good morning,
3: though? good morning, everybody. You know, I gotta switch my mood because this weather is blowing me. Trash. <laughs> I'm so mad, like. I woke up this morning like, uh, like we supposed to be in some sunshine or something, right?
4: I mean, I know last year it was a whole lot warmer. I was looking through my Facebook memories and I (laughs) saw my picture and I almost (laughs) cried real tears. I'm like, I know I didn't wear that little dress when it was cold out. So, and then just the years before that, it seemed like it was warmer. The uh, weatherman said that we are... 20 degrees lower than where we usually are at this time of year that's that's crazy so if it's 23 it's supposed to be about 43 almost 50 right it's just this is trash (laughs) It's,
3: it's it's messing with my mental thomas and you know how i get
4: like my mental is just like i'm over it you know that's a real thing seasonal depression I know I suffer from that too I'm sure most people in Minnesota do I mean at the end of the day can we get some sunshine we ain't even getting no vitamin D with this right with the coat no vitamin D. No. <laughs> well, well maybe go. maybe some vitamin D but not the kind that comes from the
3: sun <laughs> good morning good morning everybody this is the four opinions make sure you give us your feedback you can go to our Facebook page at the number four opinions also you can um email us at the4opinions at gmail.com we would love to hear your love to hear your feedback also we got you to call in live 612-377-3456 that's 612-377-3456 is early in the morning good morning to you all happy happy saturday um today's topic We will be talking about everything that, you know, we've been talking about this for years. But for some odd reason, in 2023, we are still trying to get our people to get help, mental help, therapy, (laughs) like i don't know why we got to keep on talking about this but it's definitely something that we need to talk about especially in our community about people getting help um the stigmas behind getting a the therapist, counselors all that psychiatrists and, and you know just all that stuff so at this point we're trying to figure out what can we do um that's the four opinions mostly Is it's our opinions but we st- State our opinions because we have somewhat been through it somewhat know if it worked or not work we give our opinions on what it did for us and how it can affect you know others especially our people so um it was interesting when we sent out this uh, memo in regards to this subject, the first thing that Tamiko had sent back to me was that a lot of us do not get help with our mental or get um, therapists, psychiatrists, et cetera, et cetera, is because we we kind of grew up on that old saying of uh, our people used to say to us, well, we're going to pray on it. Mm. and i thought that was interesting because i was like that was a lot of stuff instead of us talking about it we would be like oh we're gonna pray about uh whatever mental health issue that we're having and that like kind of kept us in some sort of what would you say bondage
4: um, I mean, you could call it bondage. You could um, call it just lack of knowledge, because I think um, other than us still trying to pray it away, I think some times we just don't believe in it. And it's the lack of knowledge um, about how therapy works or the what it can do for you. And um, sometimes we don't know that we don't know. And when you're in that space, when you just don't know that you don't know. You don't know where to get help. You don't know how to get help. And also, just as black people, we have trust issues. We always feel like when we tell people, um, if we go too deep and tell people our business is going to become their gossip, they don't understand the client, therapist, confidentiality of it. Um, and sometimes we just don't want people in our business. It's a bunch of things, reasons why we don't go to therapy. Um, those are just the, the highlights. Sometimes we're so broken, we don't we don't know we're broken. Yeah, We don't know we're broken And sometimes And this one's going to stir some people <laughs> We don't like to get healed Because we get more attention in our brokenness Than we will when we're healed And they like that attention
2: mm. um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I mean, That was interesting Like, I mean, no, that's a valid point What she stated uh, The other issue that we have, though, too Is that we've been subjected To a lot of mental anguish And abuse yeah. Through this country and so I always harken back to when slaves were trying to escape the plantation. They said they had a mental illness called drape pneumonia because there was something wrong with them mentally for wanting to be free. And so we just have a history in this country when it comes to health altogether of not getting the proper diagnosis or the proper treatment. And if you want to go just back as far as when I got to this state in the 90s. So many young black men and women who were adolescents, the parents were putting them on what they called SSI for mental health. And they were getting Social Security. They were putting them on Ritalin and all kinds of other drugs. And some of those kids were overdiagnosed. They didn't have any issues. Their parents showed them how to go in and play the system to get that little yeah. 475, <laughs> 525, whatever it was back then. And so when you have a lot of our intro to mental health through prescription. Versus therapeutic, no one talking you through it. You know, that can also cause issues because when you play the fool sometimes, when you actually really do have help, you're so used to playing, you don't know how to adjust properly.
4: Um, and piggybacking off that, because um, I got here in the late 90s, um, my son is, was a very hyper kid, and the school tried to, the school system is. Um, responsible for a lot of this because they tried to do that to me they tried to tell me my son had ADHD and wanted me to put him on Ritalin to calm him down I'm like no boys I mean as far as I know boys are hyper that's just kind of what they do and it was a struggle back and forth they tried to tell me that he had a learning disability which he does not Um, but just because you learn differently and you're kind of hyper the school will try to tell you to put your children on um, things And so when I was in college, I well on drugs. Let me say when I was in college, I did a paper on that. And um, 90. No, excuse me, not 90. Let me get my percentage right. 75 percent of black children are misdiagnosed with ADHD. And then we put that stigma on them. And then when you grow up with that, thinking that you have ADHD um as thomas said you kind of play into that like you use that and you play into that like that's the reason why i do this because i got adhd that's the reason why i do this i got adhd and having a per- and being a person that has been diagnosed twice would be a narcissistic i know that i do have some of those characteristics but i purposely or consciously um pay attention to how I treat people and what I do to people because I don't want to be damaging to people and I'm never going to be my diagnosis. And sometimes we fall into that. And so do you think,
3: okay, so that's, that's a good question that you brought that up about your son. Do you think, and you said that your son did not have uh, a learning disability, but did you, did you realize that something was off about him?
4: No, nothing was off about him. Um He just, he, so I, now that he's older and I understand, about um things he was just kind of bored he he would dig had good grades he can sit down and watch when we so we're movie people if you could sit down and watch a two-hour movie there's no way you got adhd that's not how that works like you just unfocused in this space and that space you're unfocused all the time and he wasn't it's just that he was a hyper kid and um they will do that to black children because black children are not the only ones with hypers it's also non-brown children but they don't put that stigma on um non-brown children they just put it on our children and um, as Thomas said it comes back as slaves because we want to do things a different way that makes us sick instead Ah. of we don't want to fall into what the non-brown people do And we're just different.
3: Right. And so the reason why I said that, because I remember, like you said, it's just a coincidence that they did say like it was a high percentage of our children. But then when you looked at your children, for me, I could just speak for me personally, when they were saying that about (laughs) my daughter and all the stuff and just um, focusing on as she is an adult right now. Some of the things that I look at, like the hyperness, not being able to focus, um, not being able to sit still in class. And like we can't say it was bored, but it was something off. About her not being in class, not being able to sit and not being able to focus um, and a lot of that. So not saying that Ritalin was the answer, but I didn't know that it was something that needed to be done as far. Like she didn't get on either because I was that proud mother to be like, oh, no, I'm not letting them put that on my child. But but now that I look at it, that she's an adult, something was off
2: and some help, some help was needed. Well, in some instances, though, what we have to understand, too, is a cultural thing inside of the home. Not saying this with your daughter, but I grew up in people having um, uh, word books, you know, word puzzles, uh, puzzles in general, coloring books. Kids sat down and actually did things by themselves. They they didn't always have a TV in front of them with a DVD or any fast forward. Now it's a tablet or somebody's smartphone in the child's face. So these kids don't necessarily know how to focus on anything because they're not forced to focus on anything. So it's more of a is more of the culture inside of the home. Now, when we were growing up, you didn't necessarily have your own TV always. So whatever somebody else was watching, you had to typically sit on the floor, play with your toys and watch what they were watching. Today, I go to people's homes and whatever their grandchildren or children want to watch. That's what's on TV. And so your kids don't know how to focus because because that watching what you didn't want to watch, but you had to watch it. And then you either had to play with your toy on the car. I mean, on the carpet or whatever it was on the, on the hardwood floor that gave you focus. We have nothing where we're showing our children how to focus. So we're actually initiating some of the things that they're telling us about through technology. So technology is not always good. And you can go as far as looking at what the people who had who had created these devices called smartphones and them saying that they won't even allow their adolescent children to use those devices because what it does do to the brain that's being developed. So you're pretty much putting your children in in a situation where they go from thing to thing to thing with their eyes transmitted to their brains so as long as they're getting a thousand messages transmitted through these devices they're never going to be able to focus focus. and and the scary part about it is that the schools now give them those same tablets and ipads etc and that is the learning device now for the kids
4: yeah and i don't want to say this um also you know when children are small um I, diagnosing a child with anything in between kindergarten first grade second grade is crazy because kids are they're still learning at that age' You're still there's no there's very few children of any color or race that's in the first grade and knows how to focus that well that's just not what children do, you know, and going back to my son, my son also plays sports and excel. I mean, he he plays sports that helped him focus. It was something that he wanted to do, so he was bored with school, whether he was smart in the kids or not. He's just bored with the the learning style of school because my children learn differently, and um, just on the opposite, my daughter um, grew up in this technology world and she focused more. Um, in school than she does at home It's just about what you're interested in And I will say this The difference between now What the kids are watching And what they did, did Like we watched TV And although like Thomas said We did have to watch soap operas We sat down and watched Sesame Street Like it was, we couldn't get up and turn the channel. First of all, if your parent ain't never said to you, quit <laughs> flicking them channels.
3: right? <laughs> <laughs> we weren't
4: even allowed to turn the channel. You put it on one channel that you want to watch and you need to watch that whole entire show. Then after that's over, then we will um, do something else. And now what we allow children to do, I was with somebody and I'm not going to say any names. And their kid was just going through like screen after screen after screen after screen. And I'm just like, this baby is five, Like, that, it was a lot for me. It was a lot for me. And so you have to be careful. And this world is about social media now and the Internet. That's just how the world is going. So to say um, never to let your kids do that, that's just crazy because this is just how we communicate now. But you still have to do as they're growing up, you got to have screen time. like. This is what we're going to do at this time. We're also going to do something. You still need to um, color. You know, I got, having a daughter that was born 2003, you know, I am a very, I am, I promote putting your children in extracurricular activities, something that makes them put their phone down, basketball, swimming, dance, chess, art. It, it doesn't matter. Get them up and get their bodies moving because that's another thing we don't do. We don't get outside and um, you know, the kids don't go outside. So they stuck in a house on a phone because that also gives you patience. If you go to your friend's house and your, and a parent tell you, can you wait a minute for your friend to finish eating? You We used to wait. We used to wait. And we don't understand how important that is because now we don't we don't make children wait for anything. They don't they have access to everything to um, how many. Just think about this. Just on a on waiting side. How many of us was able to call their mom at work?
3: <laughs> I know my <laughs> kids <laughs> called me at work But my, we was not allowed to we was not, And you
4: had to wait You had to be patient <laughs> and wait Until your house could be on fire You still have to wait My kid will text me or call me in the middle of the day And ask me crazy questions my we going to target girls 10 o'clock in the morning We both at work <laughs> Why do you think about that And so it's just a difference So because of that you have to do stuff to, to cultivate this patience and kids Put your kids in extracurricular activities Because one thing they will teach you that what that will teach you is patience and it will help you focus. So
3: after you cultivate all that stuff and just say that there is a problem and and as a mother or a father, I can be, if you look at your child, you definitely know that there is something wrong. Mm-hmm. The problem that I have is that when you notice that that we still continue, most of us, most people <laughs> tend to not look at that and be like, OK, I need to do something because we hear of. You know, we got people misdiagnosing our kids. We got people overdiagnosing our kids. Once, as a parent, that you see something is wrong with that child, still, why don't you go and say, okay, now it's time for the evaluation?
4: I, I think sometimes we're scared because everybody wants their kids to be perfect. Nobody wants their kids to be sick in any form. So you're scared. And again, because you don't know. You don't know that you don't know. And so you want to... Um, you don't want nothing to be wrong with your kids. That's something scary when something's wrong with your babies. And um, sometimes we don't know. We don't trust the school because the school has failed us. This system has failed us. And um, if you don't have the proper insurance, because all insurance does not cover med- does not cover therapy and stuff like that. If you don't have the proper insurance, that'll do it. And um, again, I'm going to just go with sometimes we don't know that we don't know. We it's don't a, want something to be wrong with our babies. Even though we would know. Um, we always be like, you are gonna be fine. Think about again when we grew up. This, like you said, we've been talking about this for years. You, all of us got a friend that just wasn't right. <laughs> they never got any help.
3: <laughs> and to this but, day, still, it
4: still ain't right. They ain't got any help. We come from that generation where nobody helped us. So oh, how oh. do we, as this generation, turn around and help our children because nobody helped us? Right. A lot of us are still are just now learning that we need help.
2: Right. No, I, I think a lot of people knew they needed help. <laughs>
4: They knew it, but not the people who, not the, but.
2: No, because we had people who we knew were in special ed, who were in different hallways. What do you think they was in special ed for? Yeah. So we had people who were diagnosed. This idea that we didn't, we kind of say these things and talking to therapists, one of the things that they say, the dangers is we're over uh, saying people have certain things. Right, like people don't know how to be sad anymore. It's just depression. Yeah, it goes you straight be to sad, like, straight like, to the worst. Like, like right, because we are so extreme, and it does make money. That's the other side of it. You can be. That's why I said you can be mm-hmm. misdiagnosed, you can be overdiagnosed, or you can be underdiagnosed. And some of the things that may be hereditary. Right, some things is hereditary. Some people have. Bipolar parents, parents with schizophrenia, (laughs) that passes on. And what we don't necessarily do is we don't necessarily look at the root enough to say, hey, maybe your parent didn't get diagnosed. So now this is the culture in the home. So it becomes a norm. This is normal behavior. And maybe you didn't necessarily have uh, PTSD, But your mother did So now you grew up In a traumatic environment Because your mother was abused And now she's treating you Or she's teaching you And your siblings Through her own PTSD So now in essence Now you got PTSD Because we don't look At mental health As something that can spread Like a virus Or a mental defect Like it can Hey you know that's crazy
3: Because now that You know now that we are adults And uh, you know not disrespect anybody Parents or whatever Like have you ever Looked at your parents And be like she bipolar (laughs) and you be like oh i want to say like my mom have never been diagnosed you know or this is, maybe she should go and get something just checked out. Because, I, I think because like I said, like he said, in our culture, it was normal. So we wouldn't think, that if you acting like that, because like it always goes back, like some of this stuff is just repetitive. Like mm-hmm. go sit down you acting crazy. Or do like, you see, like you said, growing up in your households back in the day, and you said growing up, knowing some people, like going there, you acting crazy and stuff. But at, at that point, that's what culturally most of us did instead of saying like this child need help. I, I remember that. Like my one cousin would just be like, like off the chain, like we'll come do something off the wall. And then they'll be like, girl, go sit down. You know, you so crazy. Instead of getting that, that thing, Diagnosed, and I look at now, even growing up and being in other people's households, like, yeah, something was wrong with that person, but they are today still thriving in life without getting help, you I know what mean, I mean? Because you had so
4: we <laughs> we adapt with what we have, Whoa. but um, just think about that when you say that. Um, and I agree with that, I, I'm sure there's people <laughs> plenty of people just in my family alone that um should be diagnosed. I feel like a lot of us are walking around undiagnosed, I'm gonna say that, and um. But it took you to get to a certain space in your life to realize this person need help because that was your norm. Like he said, that was your norm. It took you to a certain time to get, you know, to get in a certain space to realize that. And there's something that uh, my husband shout out, Adrian, Adrian. Uh, he just He texted me and said Sometimes it's the shame Of the diagnosis You don't want people to know
3: And I and I get that Because I went through it You know what yeah. I mean It was the shame Of just talking to somebody But what gets me now today Is like when, when I'm talking about People that's close to me And just like I can see it And see what they're going through And like Girl get, get this baby some help Right now You know And then it goes back to Her trying to hold on to that Oh I'm not going to do that Like I didn't know Because if you didn't know you know, I tell them, I'm like, yeah, y'all was a that. little, y'all was a little a little off the chain, so I probably should have had a little something. But I was like, all oh, this pro-black, I'm not going to let, you know, Thomas, I'm not going to let them, you know, diagnose. And that was in the 90s, they was just giving out Rindler like it was candy. But at the end of the day, when I look at it now, when I think about um, she's successful right now, but when I look at back in the days, I'm like, she needed something some, look something, but, you <laughs> but look, but look, and then now look at her, and then it's like now she have children, like she needs something, like go and get something. Not saying that it has to be ritalin, it's something that's going on. And like I said before, we get to the diagnoses, and before we get to the medication, number one thing I can say is it, it is the household. Well, but yeah. it's
2: culture. A lot of this is cultural. So I wanted to say that you wasn't being pro black, you was being pro Umar Johnson. And that's part of yeah. the problem because we have people who have been able to make money giving internet advice <laughs> and it's one size fits all. <laughs> Shout and people, out to Dr. Umar. People, people run with it. No, no shade to Umar, but, you know, working in the school system, some children, you know, they do have uh, those issues. The other side of it too is culture. Most of these celebrities that people follow that they try to emulate yeah. have mental health issues. And you can look at the celebrities to, to look at, the, the type of misdiagnosis or undiagnosis that's going on. A lot of people thought Kanye was saying with the things that he was saying. And you say, man, you know, somebody got to be having a breakdown to be costing themselves billions of dollars a day. Intentionally. Why would somebody intentionally lose billions of dollars? But well, because people felt like, oh, he, oh, well, he's saying what I want him to say. Yeah, but he's having a manic episode. What happens when he wakes up from that manic episode? You see how he went away? Nobody's seen him in months because he woke up and now he's out of that manic shock. Now he got a behind-the-scenes fix all of these things that was happening to him when he was having his manic breakdown We don't know how to identify ourselves in our community when someone is having a manic breakdown That's part of the problem The other side of it is these other celebrities outside of Kanye It's, it's, it's behavioral too, right? So mm-hmm. when we see these behavioral things that take place with a lot of these celebrities Some of it is uh, dysmorphia of the body Where they have so many different surgeries and their face looks so many different ways or their body looks a thousand different ways That's a mental health issue So we have so many Unhealthy mental things That we celebrate And our response for everything Whether you get help Or don't get help Is that man that's on you i was watching this
3: uh reality show um you know i, know I love my trash tv that's our little love <laughs> but i was watching and i was like he and her go through the part of like you know i had all my kids in the 90s and she was just talking about these different things and um about she had just had a newborn baby and so we get on you know talking about postpartum depression or whatever and i was like sitting back thinking like overall my kids are older now but i was like man how did we get through now then we were talking about the diagnosis and going and getting help and therapists and all this stuff i am pretty sure i suffer from p- uh, postpartum depression
4: and you know what you and might still have it if you don't never got it um taken care yeah, of.
3: but we but now we're focusing we also knew to get therapy we also knew to get um get a counselor or whatever or see a psychiatrist or whatever but we went through that stage of of that without getting help and you know we just kept on going through life and raising our children Mm -hmm. and now that you look at like what gets me and i said that to say this because right now all the help is available And what we're not doing is taking advantage of it. At at this point, you could sit in your bed eating your bonbons and your coffee and open up your computer and talk to somebody that can help you. And what I'm learning is that people, um, I'm not going to say mostly our culture because I cannot, I'm not in everybody's household, but we do not. Take advantage of that now in the twenty twenty threes. You know
4: what I'm saying? Again, see, sometimes we don't want nobody wants to be sick. When you get a diagnosis, that's just saying something is wrong with you. We don't want anything to be wrong with us. And also, it is twenty twenty three. Just in Minnesota, and I can't because you know there's other more Black people other places. It's not enough for us helping us because we don't. I, you cannot as a black person you don't want to sit across from a person online whatever who doesn't look like you and tell them your problems and, because they're part of our problem
3: and <laughs> we looked up the stats it was like uh, 74% uh, because Latoya shout out to Latoya she's not here today but um, we did the statistics remember it was like psychologists a uh, white psychologists in America 74% and it was only like what 4% of us yeah, it's not and then us. and so uh, Latoya called it out and said well we're talking about therapists and then we went to the therapist it was what like 80% and still 4% only black but this is why I I go against that Because when I went to therapy um i came in with the same attitude but i knew i needed some help my life was just all kind of shambles and stuff and i remember when i went to this therapist it was two girls they probably like mid-30s from mankato and that was my initiative when i went in there my initial thing was like they can't tell me nothing i had this whole little like how these little girls from mankato ain't never been through what i've been through blah 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 i go in there and let me tell you that was the best move ever because when i got in there they unleashed a lot of things that I had been holding on to that was that, that had it changed my life drastically. So that's why I'm saying I want our culture to know just because they are looking differently and being from somewhere else, the whole point of it is that they went to school to give us a different perspective.
2: But it does matter
4: though, it, it does it, matter. Yeah. So I'm gonna say, this. For me okay, they two, show me. two points. So I had postpartum depression, and like you said, you told somebody, somebody else told me, um, I was in Michigan with my daughter. Um, I, for years, I used to tell people my daughter didn't like me, but the reality is, and I know I'm gonna get some hate from moms, but I don't care. The reality is I didn't like my daughter. I was jealous of my daughter as a baby. Um, the attention she got from her dad, cause I never grew up without a dad. And I didn't realize that until when I went to Michigan and something happened, I was mean to her. And one of my friends pulled me to the side and was like, you need to get some help. Um, I was like, what? She was like, this baby is already perfect. You need to change. And I'm still not thinking. And I was in St. Paul driving across the bridge and she just kept crying. She just kept crying. And I had my son in a car and I literally thought if I drive off this bridge, would nobody be crying? And I had to get out the car and walk around because I almost killed my own children. And I did not realize It was something wrong with me And that weekend I talked to my husband And I went and got a therapist And I had postpartum depression Nobody has ever talked to me About postpartum depression I'm sure that's what my sister had I'm sure my mom had that I'm sure my mom still has it Probably for me um, But you know And so when I tell my story about that Or when I tell people I'm I'm narcissistic I always get this Like you're not ashamed of that No I'm not ashamed of that Because this is who I am
3: But I know and, But they also say that Narcissism is a mental health issue
4: Um. So it is It is But i'm okay with that because i know who i am so on top of that um you know, when you say that it doesn't matter what color your therapist is, this is the problem with that. And I'm not saying white therapists cannot help you when you walk in just because they're educating and with the school. When you walk into a room with a white person, you cannot look at them and tell if they're racist or not or if they're going to or if because if they're racist, they're not going to help you. They may make you think like they're helping you, but they're really not. And when, if you're so lost into this and you need this help, you're going to sit there and take it because you think this person is helping you as black people. We want to see. And when you are educated and this is your field, because um, I work in the mental health field, you want to see black people strive. White people in the mel- mental health field do not always want to see black people strive. So it does matter. And also, um, in a, I feel like in the beginning, it kind of but when you get deep in it and you talk about, you know, when you have to heal from your childhood trauma, white childhood trauma is a lot different from black childhood trauma. So how can you as a white person tell me about my childhood trauma that you they can't teach you that in a book they don't teach black trauma in a book i don't care how much education you got they just don't
3: so then i was thinking so then if we are pushing to get mental health how is that ever going we pushing it but it's like 74 percent
2: is white let me respond but first 612-377-3456 call in, join this conversation for opinions tell us what you think are you uh, th- what do you feel about uh, black folks and, and and the state of getting help for mental health and one thing I want to point out is that a there is a difference in how we do see things from a cultural lens so it's very important uh, the other side of therapy too is just most of the time you're sitting there talking they're not necessarily giving you answers you're just talking yourself out and so some people just have never been heard so that could have been what you needed to be is be her it wasn't the place or the people who was actually uh, talking to you you just never had a quiet place minus your children and your other responsibilities and the where you could sit down for yourself and actually get some me time in because a lot of our folks just don't get me time
3: and it and it was a lot of talking and that's that's mostly what therapy is right. it's like it's mostly talking but also but can i when let, we me to, oh, okay. let, let me land okay <laughs> <laughs> i
2: was
3: about to say because i know they, i know okay, on Radio. Let
2: me land. because what happens sometimes is we okay use this one are you on the speaker and that's dangerous um, Right? Yeah, can you hear me? But it's not going to help all of our people. I said, are you on a speaker or are you talking on your phone? It used to be more communal as well. Both okay. of you are telling stories, right. but both of you are because uh, I hear from you. I hear you different different loud, places, but I hear some emails in the background. Were back in Michigan. Your people were back in Illinois, okay. and you're here yeah. in no, a place now you, where it's, now it's cold better. and so isolated themselves the caller, most okay? of the year. Amen So you didn't have the community support that yep. you needed. The real community support, not this fake you make an appointment type friendships that you have here. But we got a caller Online one. Caller, tell us okay. what you got. Uh,
1: good morning.
4: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Saturday
1: happy Saturday I just have a comment Um, you know it seems to me it appears to me that the parents from the past were that's what their goal was to be parents and um, there was uh, you know like somebody had said earlier about uh, getting calls at work uh, and that was a no-no and you just knew what to do uh, it seems to me this uh, this era, the, the parents still want to be kids at times, and it's it's like if they want to be on the Facebook, they want to do the things that the kids are are doing, and it's creating a atmosphere of uh, of growth dysfunction as far as I'm concerned. And, and you can always tell when something's wrong, especially with black people, because black people don't do some of the crazy heinous things that white folks do for instance this young man i think it's virginia um, he was in a mental hospital and he got taken out by like 12 black 12 black uh, employees so they, they killed him and they, they said they, they couldn't restrain him and uh, so now they they're all charged with murder now you tell me that you heard that kind of story before in the past, Isaac Ziffer. And just like with Tyree Nichols, uh, same thing. And it just seems to me that there is a disconnect between uh, responsible thinking as, as people become adults and um, it's worse than ever and it's basically due to the social media people are reaching out to people getting advice and getting opinions of people who are outside their circle black people need their circle but black people have always been a tight-knit group when it comes to what influences them and you got people hearing different things nowadays and they think just because a black person told them it's what the thing to do they're losing the, 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 the concept of strong village, uh, strong community um, um, guidance. guidance, mm-hmm. And it's really due to the social media crap. Mm-hmm. we got to get past this thing, man, with this social media thing mm-hmm. and emphasize to our kids, our family, our friends, keep it simple, man. You know, we're killing guys that are handcuffed on and... You know shackles and not resisting. We're, we're black. This is not Derek Sullivan. This is not Geronimo as right. But it's trickling down to other things that we need to change. All right. Thank you, uh,
4: caller. Thank you for calling in. Can I can I respond to this in a couple of ways? Um, he had a couple of different topics. Um, so just being an adult, I had a baby at seventeen, so I was pushed in adulthood uh, fashion. I wanted to be, and I'm not blaming anybody. Those were the choices I made. Um, um, I think that my mom made me think that this was easy. Parenting is trash. I'm just going to say it. Being responsible is really not the best. It's maybe the best thing, but it's not always something that you want to do. And so some of us having babies will either make or break you. And that's where your mental health sometimes come out at when you have children. And so I think it's unfair to say that uh, because not all parents raise their children on social media. I know there is some that do and some don't. Not all parents think social media is more important than their children. I know there is some that some do, but there's always been bad parenting. There's always been bad parenting. So to try to blame that on this generation is um, just unfair. And when people talk about um, community or this village or whatever. So I I, I will say this in Minnesota is a lot different than the neighborhood I grew up in, because in Minnesota, apparently your child could go to school anywhere. All the kids in the same neighborhood went to the same school all the kids and so we knew everybody in our neighborhood and the reason why we moved away from this whole village of raising our children and i know some people gonna agree with this some people not but i'm gonna say it. one of the reasons why especially women moving away from this village to help raise our children because a lot of us was abused in this village that was supposed to protect us we don't talk about that we just talk about how the village help you did this and this you need this village. but we don't talk about you want to talk about mental health we want to talk about the damage that the village did to a lot of women 80 percent Eighty five percent of black women have been raped as a child in this village that was supposed to protect them. So, you know what they're going to do? They're going to pull themselves out that village and try to raise their children instead of thinking. Of, but because they think that that's the help that their children need and not and they don't focus on um, maybe getting their kids help. And um, they don't focus on getting their kids help because they figure I survived on that. These kids will survive that.
0: Well, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm agreed to with with with. Everything that my reason for sitting in this room on this side and just being quiet is because I'm loving the dialogue that y'all are having because it's it's bringing exposure to a lot of stuff that exists that a lot of people are afraid to talk about. And that's why me and Thomas talk all the time. It's like when I always say call it what it is, then you'll start dealing with what the real problem is. Uh-huh. But with a lot of us sometimes be in denial of what's in front of us right dead center in our face and afraid to deal with it and sometimes because we don't know how to and so we sometimes don't even know the questions to ask in order to get help yeah and then some of us still sometimes as you get older and you start understanding who you are right. and whose you are then you start being more effective in who you are Yeah. and and with all that in a whole shell I'm I'm enjoying this conversation I'm gonna sit back on this side and just listen to y'all because y'all are definitely on point and to the caller and what he was speaking on, there's a whole lot of subject matters that does come with the social media side. Because oh, sure. there's a lot of people that look at that social media Where now that has become your news norm to where you'll believe the story on social media before you believe anything else. Because sometimes, and we all, have issues with the news and how they distribute it to us in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then when you know that you live in a certain area and they tell you about that same area and the only thing that they seen was a camera when they came in with it, then that's the only part that they see and that's what they tell. And,
2: and also, you know, the other side of it too is people don't admit that they're chasing a high on social media. They're chasing dopamine. And if you don't know what dopamine is, go ask these young people who are doing fentanyl.
3: But do we have other people that says that admit that social media has helped them?
2: Uh, you know what? We've had you know, people who said crack helped them.
4: <laughs> so uh, no, no, I, no, no, no. Can I, 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 I finish? <laughs> can, can I
2: finish? Be, 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 no, no. we. we, we that come
0: on? <laughs> Are you serious
2: you know, about you, that? No, 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 no. When you go and, and, and you listen to some of the Wall Street Uh-oh. folks, they they said that crack or cocaine in general helped them stay alert and stay up to make more money in the '80s and '90s that's what they were saying it, it helped their drive so you never seen anything on social media that kind of like sparked something inside tiff of you. Nothing tiff, positive. tiff tiffany <laughs> tiff, tiffany <laughs> tiffany the problem that we're having in this conversation is and this is why i didn't want to oppose the, <gasps> what the caller was saying because you got to take balance in what he was saying what he's saying is you got more bad than you got good mm. and our problem is we're always trying to find that five percent That's good so that we don't have to pay attention to the 95% that's bad. And when it's our own community, we want to pay attention to the 5% that's bad. And we never talk about the 95% that's good. And so what I say is that a lot of what happened even here in the Twin Cities is it's it's when people try to make you assimilate, they change things around. So that's why we have the issues with schools here. Because they were suffering in the suburbs because they don't make babies as much as we do. And so they needed our children to go to their schools. And that's how you had all of this out of school placement that you have from all over. And then what did they do? They opened Section 8 in places where they once again were not populating our families not wanting to live amongst the violence. They go transfer out there with their children and then they populate the schools that way as well. So what we haven't, what we struggle with is understanding that we're a commodity. And when you're a commodity, we've always, we came on these shores as a commodity. So sometimes some of the issues, even if it's mental health, it's still about the commoditizing of us as a people. So then they can say we can prescribe Ritalin because we want to make money off Ritalin, right? If you think about the drug industry, Think about the diagnosis that everybody called themselves having at once and then go look at the stock market and see what's making money. That's why I'm saying about the overdiagnosis or the misdiagnosing of our community, because a lot of it is about capital. And so certain therapists, certain doctors, when you go to the hospital, they get paid off what drug they prescribe to you. So when you take capitalism and you put that in the side of mental health. Right. And then or you take people who don't have. Because in Minnesota, you got men, uh, what's it called, mencare, what have you. So then you have people who have this welfare form of health insurance. They don't always have access to the best therapist because it's not necessarily in their network. But if we still, and that goes back to
3: saying, if we still pushing therapists, it's, 70, um, it's 74, okay. that a high so, percentage of white people. Okay, so, so if how you be
4: pushing it and it's not enough of okay. us to do it. So, um, two things with that. Um, when you I have state insurance, like a lot of us have, right? this system is not for us so we don't trust that system to help us also think about when we were in school because we were the our generation would be the therapist that's helping people right when we was in school and they talked to you about jobs you could do nobody talked to you about being a therapist they always push white collar jobs like you could work in an office or because i'm from michigan you could work in a shop you could we never even knew that this was an option they don't do that at the at the non-brown schools i know that because my daughter went to a non-brown school and the things that they they um that they talk to you about the jobs you could have. Mental health therapist was on the list, but that was never on the list in a black school. So some of us don't realize that this is a degree for us until after we get to college, when we already got our mind set on what we want to do. You know, also, this is a hard field. It's kind of rewarding, but people get rewarded in other things. And this is a hard field to work in. I've been in this field for about 10 years now. This is a hard field to work in. So when we talk about, um, you know, the Section 8s and the stuff like that, none of that was really made for us. They just let us use it. (laughs) <laughs> they just let us use it. And they do want to pull us out of our communities and um, do that. But and that's just worldwide. That's not just Minnesota. That's just worldwide. You know, they make these systems and stuff available to us. But the stuff that we need available, they don't make readily available. They don't make notice. And, and, and in school, we'll diagnose your children. Again, we don't want nothing to be wrong with our children. And what happened as they get older and they get out of school, we don't continue that help for them because now we feel like they're fixed because they and got it at school.
3: Right. And that's the thing that I was talking about. It's like we're pushing. That's, that's why I always have a problem. You know, I always say this with our people. We push and we, and we, and we jump on topics and saying that things is I like the root. You know, I always say that. We push for us To get mental health We push for us To get therapists We push for this To get ourselves together We push for To break the slavery Da 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 But at the end of the day Nobody's pushing To get in position To do that
2: Well my we, sister Kay Mason Who is a therapist who But well, what on I'm saying it's
3: still, it's still Wait, Let me Let me land Let, let, me, land. Land. let <laughs> me land Let me <laughs> land But I'm saying We pushing and pushing And pushing and we telling people Oh you need mental health Oh we need this As a community As a culture But yet and still I'm going to keep Going back to that There's, When we go to Minnesota you see how many facebook posts that we talk about social media do it tag a um a black therapist and you attack by four and then when you call them they're they're overbooked you can't get in none of that stuff and i'm like we're pushing how can we have this campaign of pushing for pushing to get ourselves together for mental health and there's no and but we and then there's the excuse we don't want to see the white people we don't want to do this but there's no black therapist so then we're still stuck in this it's a stuck it's a non- it's not going to get solved.
2: Do you it, get what I'm saying? It's, it's never going to be solved. Is your wheels down? Did I landed. Land? All right. So, <laughs> so, so welcome home, sir. So, I can, yeah. boom, so boom, boom. So boom. I can make that? sure I can hop on in there. So, a couple things. that be first class. Because, once again, I want to go back to capitalism. You said we're pushing. Who's pushing? Our culture. That's no, all you ever hear no, about. Get no. mental health. Oh, get your no, health no. fixed. No. No, it's not our culture. Once again, who's pushing? Because there's money in it. The other side of it is because if you ain't get, Heck, you. Heck, I'm
3: pushing it. We, you're messed up. So, I'm pushing it. So, I'm so, gonna put me on it.
2: So okay. Well, I'm gonna put <laughs> I'm gonna I'm push back on on your on your rhetoric here. So the first thing I would say, what what Sister K Mason would say, is that you know therapy is not just for the person that is prescribed as a therapist. You can get that same type of um, not necessarily diagnosis per se. But you can get therapeutic treatments by being around healthy minded folks in your community. Say it again. So that's where the community aspect comes in. and But you want to put yourself around healthy people, mm. not volatile people like yourself that's part of the problem because everybody now only have the same circle of friends when back in the day people used to have different pockets of friends because these friends didn't deal with these friends because these friends are my wild friends but these are my responsible friends and these are my go-to-church friends and these are my friends that they you know that we, we we cook together over here friends right so you got to make sure that you are socially fully developed some of us are under socially developed that's the first thing the second problem that we also have is because if you can't get access to a therapist the other thing you can't get access to is drugs so i'm gonna go back to saying that this is about capitalism more than anything else and we have to be careful in the things that we recite and say is ours when it is not ours the other issue that we have most most definitely we have is that anytime you isolate us as a people we're not supposed to be in isolation we have this thing called social media and we socialize less why because people are isolated. Not to mention we just came out of COVID when people were pretty much in the most in the house because what were they doing? Social distancing. So they're not even getting the energy that we need to feed off of other people and so now we have a 2 year deficit that we have to catch up on on top of that. Where's the break for that? Now the last thing, a lot of the ther- a few therapists I know got out of the business. You know why? It's hard taking on other people's it's hard. problems. And what most people don't understand is you compound other people in your life because you just make poor decisions. We don't necessarily talk. We talk about mental health. How about just making better decisions? And some of that's not mental. Some of that is you choosing to be in the wrong environment. You choosing to do drugs, you choosing to do certain things, drinking, over drinking, what have you. Our choices are poor. And so you're making poor choices. And that does impact your mental health. We got people who got seven kids and seven different baby daddies. That's a lot of stress on a mom by herself. That's going to impact what? Her mental health. Yeah, she can have postpartum. That's for sure. But she has to be able to say, hey, something's not right. Let me make a different decision than the decisions I've been making. And I get what you're saying. Hey, if she had a therapist, what most therapists will tell you is if you don't sit down and tell me what's going on, I can't help you anyway. I've helped people get into therapy. And guess what they don't do? talk they don't talk or some of them just don't show up so you saying we only got a certain window with therapists what about the people that's hogging up the time they're all on the books yeah. and then they don't even show up to be in these therapeutic sessions which keeps other people out so in our community we have a host of things that we have to work
4: through. and um let me add to that um cause when when you say like when people go into therapy because i hear that a lot i'm not a licensed therapy but i um you know i have people call me for therapeutic things and um um, (laughs) um, sometimes it's hard to 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 tell your truth you don't want to first of all in order for you to go into a therapist and talk you have to be honest with yourself and that's the hardest person to be honest with is yourself to look at your flaws and know something is wrong with you and um so for the communal part, I'm going to talk on that, too, you know, about, like you said, how you need to have friends of healthy minds. Right. You have to want to have that, because if you are trying to get yourself together or you in this space and whatever, um, and another person come in that's all the way broken, who's not trying to heal, that will turn you away from that friendship. Um, that will turn you away From that friendship um, As my friend here Tiffany the black thread Is she likes a broken bird <laughs> And But how many of them Stay around Because they They're not ready And you can't Another thing about Healing or getting together You have to want it You can't force people Into it So no matter how much You push it out there If you're not mentally Ready for it You're not going to get it You have to want it And so when I say this When I say that You know jokingly She like a broken bird And we are We are open to New friends You know Especially in a friend circle Most of those girls That um, come in through that way they don't stay because they're not mentally ready to do that you have to be ready to do that because you have to look at yourself and when you have to look at yourself and your own flaws because people and then another thing and we talked about this before people think healing is beautiful healing is not beautiful or you're going to therapy is not beautiful. If you're not ready to get cry baby ugly and, and talk about yourself and all that, this you're not ready for this. Unfortunately, a lot of us are just not ready. We know it's out there, but we're just not ready. Because looking at yourself and have to put yourself out front like that, no matter how extroverted you are, putting yourself on the front line like that is hard is hard and that right there would affect your mental health because now you're scared mm-hmm. you know now you're scared um some of us don't know we had postpartum depression because our parents had postpartum depression and what i learned just am i learning if you never got that taken care of your kids could be grown and you still got postpartum depression
3: <laughs> you know <laughs> you know speaking on that it's crazy so we talk about the women another um uh, thing that you know we got on some of my feedback was and personally knowing why black men don't like to get therapy? Look, so. you was waiting for the,
4: Look at Thomas, his <laughs> yeah. already.
3: Right. But like, why you black men? You first Thomas and I. I got mean, your back. Back. No, no. Let me. Okay, let let me. Back I'm back one, in the yeah. first class. Well. A lot of men, I could just speak about in my own household, like I always be like, if I d- identify just, you know, from my conversation and, you know, getting in that stage of getting to know each other and, you know, seeing dynamics of different things. Like, let me suggest that, you know, have you ever thought about, you know, talking to somebody like, because you go, you can help your partner to a certain extent. Right. Yep. But then, at, you know, there's only so far you can go because then something and somewhat they need like a professional to kind of walk them through because it it is hard getting something from a person that you're with or in love with right and it's like always like no we we are each other's therapists and i'm like "Mm, no that's something deeper because if i try to land on it it's it's a problem because they think that you're attacking them and i just think that a therapist or a psychiatrist have a different strategic way of kind of hitting that hitting that uh
4: that you are. need somebody that's not biased to your situation meaning that you love them so a lot of times we don't say stuff because we don't want to hurt them because we love your therapist doesn't Sometimes love you, you like do that. say something because um, you love me yeah. they do not like that but that's it's what like i'm saying be, if you don't want the conflict you just be like you know you know you need to say it but you shouldn't say it and, but just society in general we don't talk about black men and their healing or black or me and period and their healing just society we, we don't like talk that time um, we
2: don't like that time we, we don't
4: okay i mean term?
2: i mean we don't we don't like the term healing like, okay
4: okay well that i mean i'm
2: just i'm just saying if you gonna talk to us i mean i'm watching y'all talk about black men and we got two black men oh, no so saying, i'm right, not yeah so like i'm to. not
4: telling me how to be men uh, yeah. I'm, just no, I'm not saying say, what, I'm, not, I'm not saying so that what i'm gonna say about. is although you don't like that term healing getting help talking to therapists how, whatever term you want to use um it's just that just society in general, we always talk about why women do this. Um, if kids do this, it's their mom's fault. You know, this is women, this is women. Just in society, we, they act like that men does not have feelings or they don't need help or anything. And that's untrue. I, I You cannot make me but believe I, that. So, can,
2: can, so so hold on. Before you go on your diatribe about what men need. I all never, right. So, q what, what was you about to say? About I looked at know, a couple I was, of men I was, and I said just they just need some say, help. I was
0: yeah. just going to say, and, and I'm sitting here listening. Y'all so pose, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Tiffany posed a question and asked two <laughs> men in the room, and he ain't said nothing, I ain't said nothing, and the two of y'all went back and forth. Oh, okay. And that's and the that's start of the situation in the, in the beginning of most situations, is oh, is wow. is we all got to listen to each other and communicate with each other. That's one of the biggest things that, that happens in all of it with relationships and everything that we talk about. And when we talk about COVID, And we talk about that separation. We separated ourselves because of the what they told us the issues are. And in the process of that, of that and that separation, we're not really communicating with each other. It's it's just like I always say, you know, to to talk to somebody, you don't talk at them. You talk to them for them to get an understanding to talk back to you. You pose a question, you pose a question. (laughs) And Thomas went to say something. and I said, I'll go after you go. And neither one of us went nowhere.
4: Can,
1: can I and say a something? lot
3: of men, like I said, a lot of men, and that's the thing about it. As soon as you tell a man, because I know a couple <laughs> well, of people that need some, to, need some help. okay? And they, oh,
4: men don't like to hear so that. I'm not trying to tell men what they need. I'm just saying how society view things. But when Thomas made the comment about a woman having kids, and this is hard on a mom, and talking about how a mom is, and they never been a mom, it wasn't an issue. But as soon as I said, the way community, the society... Treats men different than women, then I'm trying to tell me how to be men or what they need. I didn't say that. I didn't said, say that. no, no. I said, the only, said, Hold the on, only thing me, I was let speaking me on. Win. Let me explain. Let me explain. Oh, That's how I thing. said that. Um, they try to act like men does not need any help or they don't have feelings or anything and as a woman you can't make me believe that men don't have the same things that women have. That's what I was going to say. I'm never going to try to tell a man how to be a man nor am I going to ever bash men especially black men I because walk y'all around. Be Let me tell you something. I'm like, I'm not, Let no. me finish this. So what I'm going to say I'm going to finish my point just society in general act, treats women like we're always the problem and sometimes unfortunately we forget that men also uh, need help too that's all i'm saying it ain't about well, telling tell you, how to you i walk in. around
3: a whole bunch of times and i look at men and their behaviors and the way they act and all that stuff and i diagnose them i'm like they need to get I, some help I know you do. because they do not need they don't want to talk and then when you present it to them per experience per my opinion not camo j per tiffany opinion tiffany love opinion that a lot of men and like i say even in your personal relationships with men when you say I mean, me and Cuba don't have that conversation Like some things that Because you can see the behavior of Especially if you were further in your journey I think somebody has said that Like you're not knowing everything But because you had the experience And you're further along on your journey You could say Me and Cuba have had this conversation all the time This, th- There's something missing right here Because of the behavior or the outcome Of what's coming up in the situation and, Am I in agreement? No, you, that you, you could, you, that you you could you, have gotten correct.
0: There's something missing Right,
3: and that that could have been talked about Or whatever Because it's continuing on, continuing on And then you passing on to your children and like i said with my own personal relationship when we talk about different things i'll be like because of me being further along on my journey i could say mm, you know it's something right there because you've been through it you know or whatever and men pretty much be like well not all men because i know there's some men that do and some that don't and, but i've noticed like in people that i've been with that or that have friendship they be like Nah I'm cool This It is what it is And it's really not Because you are missing out On a whole bunch you
0: well, know? Now, now what I'm gonna say is Is Thomas Let's pose this question Next Saturday The very, very same question That Tiffany asked Because you got three minutes And three minutes Is not, not no enough time I'm not gonna talk about it I'm Exactly <laughs> And that was what I was us. saying About when he, I said About the conversation Yeah yeah
2: I'm gonna let them talk about us Cause they, they You know yeah, that's,
0: that's, that's,
2: that's why I we, am that, that's, I know, that, I, that, know that, I am Cause I deal with it all the time That's why we never get help because it's a suffocate. They, they take the air out of the room, <laughs> and so when you when you take the air out of the room in the conversation about men, mm-hmm. men don't have to. do we really, got to deal with y'all. No, 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 no. Hold on. <laughs> let me. Because once again, even I'm talking, and then you asked me that I let you land, let you land, and you see how that happened, and mm-hmm. we still talking about men, but men has still never addressed the situation, mm-hmm. and so we weren't saying that women that she couldn't have a say. Well, what I'm saying is, you asked about men. And then, so to get a response I on me, told men, you about me. I didn't ask. No, no, no. You, you said why don't men? Yeah. And so here we got two men. I guess we would be the two that. The and you No, I was waiting for him. So oh, right.
0: I, I, I and I got a conversation for you. <laughs> yeah. There's no question, but I'm gonna hold mine until next yeah, week. Okay. You know,
2: I, I just I just want to say out there, if you just need help, man, just get the help. And right. you, the other side of it too, just to to address what I was saying about the healing aspect. We know that that's a slogan, and you ain't gonna get men with slogans. Like we don't like here's the thing in this society black men are going to always assimilate less We do not assimilate to this society So you can't get us with the same buzzwords that gets you because we're not going to assimilate when we see it We're going to go the opposite direction You have to know that about us culturally black women assimilate to the system a lot faster than black men do That's why we're always the last one that they try to market to because they know we're not going to bite so if you want to talk about mental health with black men, you got to actually talk about some of the things that actually that they may experience loss of life, loved ones, family, whatever um, trauma through uh, parenting or what have you. Those are the types of things. But then you still have to have the right verbiage to get men because we don't operate with the same vocabulary that you all emotions. Use. Well, no, no. But it's vocabulary. Because when you're communicating, the words that you choose is what men actually pick up on. So the healing phrase—that's a—that's that's, a, that's, that's a terms for black girl magic. That's, <laughs> that's not that—that's black girl magic talk. That's not black male talk. And so you have to be able to find the verbiage. And so that's all I was saying when I was saying that to you and Tamiko is that y'all talking? But even with y'all saying, black men are not going to pick up on it because if you really watch the conversations in, in in our community, black women use a whole set of vocabulary that black men do not use so y'all make sure y'all give us
3: our feedback i love you thomas i love you tamika shout out latoya and walter cuba banks we are the four opinions make sure you give us feedback you can give us uh email us at the number four opinions at gmail.com also give us your feedback we would love to hear from you on facebook Y'all go get our personal emails. We got Tomiko Charmaine, the fabulous one. Thomas Berry, B-E-R-R-Y. Check us out on Facebook. Tiffany Love, the Black Threaders. Walter Q. Banks Jr., just as it is. We got L.R. Wilson, self-empowerment coach. Y'all make sure Cheer y'all give today. us a call. <laughs> we love y'all. Thank you.
2: Sometimes we love y'all. Ready to have some real convo? Get down to it and talk about real topics? I mean, opinions are like. Tune into our live podcast talk show, The Four Opinions, every Saturday at 8 a.m. on 899 KMOJ, with your host on air personality, creator and CEO, Tiffany Love, featuring the legendary Walter Q. Bear Banks, with empowerment life coach L.R. Wilson, Mr. Thomas Berry, and Tamiko Charmaine, a.k.a. the Fabulous
0: One. KMOJ FM and KMOJ HD1, HD1.
1: Minneapolis-St. Paul. Bringing unity Unity. Unity. to the community. 89.9 KMOJ.